from the last year's race, I felt that uh, my bike had too too uh, narrow of tires. So I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm running the bear claw. I'm running 50 tires. It's going to be so <laughs> awesome. I'll just sit in until we hit the mile 35 and I'll be cruising across all that sand. And, you know, we're like three miles in. I'm like, this is the wrong bike. This is the wrong <laughs> tires. I missed the start. Call, call my wife. Tell her to pick me up. Like, it's just like, you're like realizing at this point, you're like, this is going to be a long day. KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor, and on this episode, Barry Roubaix strikes back. Fresh off an absolute butte of a race last October, Barry is back in its normal springtime spot with a vengeance. This year, we were greeted with a proper Barry Roubaix. Snow, rain, wind, ice, you name it, mud. There was a lot of lead-up and anticipation as myself and I'm sure all other 4,000 other participants anxiously watched the weather. And for pretty good reason, this year we saw some of the toughest conditions that I've ever encountered. But I'm convinced, especially now several days removed, that it is those exact uh, conditions and elements of the unknown that makes events like Barry so special. Uh, despite the fear of weather, so many of you came out to tackle the 18, 36, 62, and 100-mile course, and hats off to all of you. And the celebration afterward um, with several Founders' beers was that much more sweet if you haven't experienced Barry Roubaix yet, I truly encourage you to do so. There is nothing quite like a bike party with 4,000 other cyclists. Okay, so I took on the 100-mile event and thankfully finished. And for many of us along the way, we were met with mechanicals and iced over cassettes and derailleurs. I spent a ton of time on the side of the road trying to chip the ice off my bike um, to, to, to little effect. But um, after I finished, I ran into my buddy Tom Keller, who uh, shared with me how he uh, relieved his mechanical issues in a pretty creative way. So I had to call him up and get the full story. Tom, or the Tiki on Instagram, he races for a Bloomington Cycle Racing Team out of Bloomington, Illinois, and is a Barry Roubaix vet. Uh, I think he said this was maybe his seventh year racing Barry. He was the perfect person to swap war stories about our day and our Barry experience. And I hope you enjoy it. Um, again, congrats to all those who raced. It was amazing to see so many people in Hastings, so many cyclists. And of course, a huge thank you to the Barry Roubaix crew for making the party happen. All right, let's listen about our crazy day at Barry Roubaix. 
Okay, now, now everything you say is on the record, man. So, ooh, legal. <laughs> Got to talk to my my attorney, my agent, my talent agent. Yeah, I mean everything goes through my attorney, and we'll send it over to your attorney afterwards, just to make sure that um, you know we're not uh, you know, spewing any libel or anything like that. Um, it's a real uh, well. This is trade secrets. I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, it's good to see that you made it home in uh, in one piece. Oh, for sure. It was almost longer to drive uh, home than it was to do the race. <laughs> What that's like? Is it six hours or something, or seven hours to Bloomington? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's like uh, it's like four and a half plus. You know, stop get some food, stop get some gas. You know, and you left. You left because we saw each other right at the the end, um, and you left right away, right? Yeah. Like, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, we saw each other right at the finish, um, maybe an hour after we both finished or something like that. And you were out, yeah. like you were, you had to get on the road. Yeah, I was, I spent some time in my car thinking about life and cycling afterwards, you know, <laughs> trying, trying to stop shivering and then uh, took my shoe covers off my shoes. And uh, it was funny that I had literally sand and mud molds inside of the, uh, the shoe covers. And my teammate walked over, um, he had done the uh, 62 and he's like, you want to go back up there? And he walks up and I'm like half naked in my car and he goes, I'm going to give you a couple more minutes. <laughs> I'm like still shivering. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. The, I probably screwed around with my shoe covers and my shoes for like, uh, it, I, it felt like an eternity trying to get those stupid things off. Um, yeah. Especially like the boa dials, you know, you have to like pull the, the and my fingers were frozen. And I, 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 I was like, I either got to find someone with, not frozen fingers, or I'm going to have to cut the laces off of my <laughs> shoes to get these things off my feet. <laughs> yeah. When your hands are cold, for sure. Like those small mechanical movements that seem so simple in life. You're like, come on. <laughs> yeah. The, um, man, that, I don't know. There's, there's probably so many things to say. Um, I, I asked you to join me because um, you had some creative trailside um, mechanic fixes, um, but uh, do, do you have some time to like talk a little bit more about the race before we get to that? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you want to talk about, man. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> well, first of all, tell us who you are and where you're from and what you do, and um, tell us about your uh, your your um, sideburns and you know what whatever. <laughs> Well, I'll start off with that. Uh, I saw my nephews this weekend, and uh, the best quote was, "Oh yeah, you're you're my uncle with the freakishly long sideburns." <laughs> and I was like, "They're called mutton chops, jerk. Sit down." You know, <laughs> but I mean, it was great because the kids they tell it to you straight up how it is. Hey, so, I, have a, I have a quick question about that. When do sideburns cease to be sideburns and become mutton chops? Do they? Is there like a length? Tell me about the specifics there. So. And I always you, think if like, you don't know, make it up. <laughs> oh, I I absolutely know. Uh, I I've enjoyed growing facial hair for a long time, especially since I don't have any hair. It's one of those things that you know you can do to flare up your face a little bit. <laughs> um, I've been a long time supporter of different uh, Movember type activities. So we used to always grow funny mustaches. I've had 
full on wax Raleigh fingers before I've had, you know, a uh, beard with the mustache. I've had, uh, friendly mutton chops is where it actually, I think it connects over the top. So it actually has it minus the chin. So, uh, there's a great diagram. I think it's beards.org where it really breaks down all the specifics. Um, but this has always been kind of funny. One of my friends, uh, in Chicago, uh, Troy Brown, we always call it muttons of March and then just go grow crazy things. And, you know, I'm in work from home for, uh, for a long time now. So it's even less pressure to look presentable other than my poor <laughs> wife has to deal with it. Um, so this is actually just uh, mutton chops. Uh, an average person would have some hair too that connects to it, but then I just shave chin, neck, and then uh, the mustache off. So I believe it's called friendly if you connect it across the mustache. Gotcha. So the friendly mutton chop. Yeah. Man, that, so, you, you weren't joking. You do know a lot about the old the mutton chops and sideburns and whatnot it's not my first time around the facial hair block but i haven't had a, a good top layer of hair for a long time now so well who needs that i mean that's overrated for sure i mean this is way more arrow i mean that's that's what i've always been told <laughs> so tom we have um we've written together <clears throat> a, a couple times now a mm -hmm, few times yeah. and um i mean last year barry we rode together uh, the entire race we even yeah, kind of had a, a a little bit of a, a sprint off at the end, if I remember we almost, correctly. We almost died at the finish line. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I believe it was uh, Jenny Acker who 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 stopped us at the finish line because there had been that real bad crash. So right, um, yeah, I was super stoked with the changes they made to the finish of the course this year too. By the way, I think that was way better and way safer. So I really I, like. I I agree. It was definitely sketchy last year when we took that left turn and we were cruising in and then it was like, everyone's like, slow down, slow down. But, yeah. um, but yeah, so yeah, we rode, uh, together most of last or all of last year. And we even pre-rode the course the, the week before, um, yep. this year I didn't see you at all, man. What, what happened? <laughs> so, you know, this will tie into the, uh, ingeniousness later. Um, I'm always guilty of the one or two last bathroom stops before the start of the race. And I've always taken advantage of the controlled rollout car. Oh yeah. That way you can kind of, you know, you know, they line us up, you know, more than a one lane wide and the mat's only one lane and you know, you, you try to be as polite as possible. And I was off to the right and I was somewhere around, you know, third or fourth row, but to the right. So I was like, no problem. I'm just going to scoot right in. And uh, Matt was being real clear with the directions and saying, don't hit these cones. Don't hit this sensor on the yep. left and the right. Yep. And literally the person who cut in before me knocked over the cone <laughs> and Matt stepped out and, you know, you know, he's being very polite, but he's just like, hold on, wait, wait. And I was like, at that point, you know, you just like, you want to be super polite. You want to be respectful. And it was like, just rider, boom, 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 goes by. And you're like, oh, well, this is going to be a little harder controlled rollout. And then they finally let me in and literally there, I could literally see groups up the road with separation already. Oh my God. So it was insane. Like that was probably the fastest start I've ever seen of a hundred mile race. And I mean, I buried myself for as much as I could. And I still was in, I think group three, probably by that left turn off the road onto gravel. And at that point, like, what was that? cross her head when it was like 17 miles an hour oh, or something. Yeah, it was, it was bad right away. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and even, 
yeah, the start was kind of there. There were some w- weird things there, but I think even if we were all together, we would have been separated. Um, that that huge group would have been separated pretty quickly already. Like even if it was like a real slow ne- neutral rollout, it's kind of funny. I was telling um, um, someone that lives here in, in the Lansing area. It was her first time. Uh, her name's Claudia, and I was like. Listen, don't worry about the beginning. It's going to be relaxed. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be all together for like 30-ish miles and you'll be fine. And just, you know, don't worry about it. And, um, yeah, by mile two, I'm like, what is happening? This is already <laughs> all split up. And, and you know, of, of course, like everyone's everyone is uh, – all like worked up because of the weather and um it just it, it was compared to last year and you know last year is so fresh in our mind because it was so close yeah. um it couldn't have been a different day i like completely different day <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was crazy and then as soon as you took the left you could tell everybody was flying because there was bottles everywhere already like whatever mile marker that was like mile two or whatever, there was bottles everywhere and just potholes everywhere from the roads. And you're like the lines people were going, it was like spaghetti noodles crossing all over the place. You're like, this is going to be a crazy race. And that was, and that was like, you know, light snow and it was like, you know, 34 degrees yeah. or whatever. And then once those groups, like even the groups that were in front of us, they started to explode and people were falling back. And it's like me and a couple of the guys that are with, we like blew up already chasing mm-hmm. and we're like we're like mile three or whatever we're like this is the most brutal start ever and at that point i was like well you did this to yourself tom <laughs> we're gonna be for a long long ride and from the last year's race i felt that uh my bike had too too uh narrow of tires so this year with the weather forecast being an illinois person we our roads and, and gravel do not rebound like your guys do, and they do not handle moisture. So I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm running the bear claw. I'm running 50 tires. It's going to be so <laughs> awesome. I'll just sit in until we hit the mile 35, and I'll be cruising across all that sand. And you know, we're like three miles in. I'm like, this is the wrong bike. This is the wrong <laughs> tires. I missed the start. Call call my wife, tell her to pick me up. Like it's just like you're like realizing at this point, you're like, this is gonna be a long day. So that's how and that's why you never saw me, and that's why uh I was in the car for a while afterwards, contemplating the meaning of life. But um I always like to say uh the worst races are the best training rides. So I mean you're never gonna push yourself for what unfortunately was six hours and 35 minutes, not six hours and 30, 635, uh, like that. So, um, but I, I probably say that I probably imploded and exploded multiple times before even the halfway part, but, uh, I rolled across the halfway point, like 40th. So I was like, and you know, obviously you don't know that at the time, but you're just like, I'm in no man's land. So I have no man, no idea of how many people I crashed, I passed between the start and the half. But then I ended up finishing 24th. So it was nice. one of those things where you're like, well, you know, you, you, you had a good ride for what it was. But in the end, you know, it was all my fault. So it's a lot. I find it a lot easier to forgive myself when I know it's like under my control. Because then you're like, oh, you can fix that next time. And it's not like a, a mechanical issue or some or sure. somebody else crashed. Yeah. You you're like, it's, it's easier to, I think, move on when you're like, well, 
you're an idiot. Let's let's learn from that. Well, I mean, you can't. I, I don't know, man. I mean, there, there's a lot out of your control. Uh, sure, like f- maybe the tires weren't. I mean, I actually, I uh, I went with bigger tires this time too. I I rode 40s last year, and mm-hmm. and with all the sand and all that, I was like, man, I got I got to get something. So I I maxed out. Like I can only fit 45s on my bike, and I maxed it out. And I actually I was pretty happy with my um, w- given the mud and everything that my tire choice was really. Um, I think it was spot on. Um, I think it was like that good mixture of still fast, um, where they needed to be, but, uh, could handle the mud pretty well. But regardless of that, like there was only so much we could have anticipated for and so many things we could have done. But at the end of the day, the, the, the name of the game, it was the weather, you know, like that was the, the star of the day. And and it took a toll on us all. I mean, I think that I'm I'm interested to know what the the difference was when at ten o'clock in the morning when people started the sixty two and then the thirty six. Like, because when they rolled by me, I mean, their bikes looked clean. They looked like oh, yeah. there there was such a difference between me that I was just trashed. Like not only muddy, but I had like like ice sickles coming off my different parts of my body, you know, like when I, when I quit, my wife, Rachel was like, there's ice all over you. Is that like a a frozen snot rocket? I was like, probably, (laughs) but the, this, it was such a difference between what, um, and I'm sure like the, some of the conditions for the, the 60, 62 or now it's 60 or what whatever it is 60 and 30 were bad but um i think there's something completely different i don't think any of them saw what we saw right at the beginning um and there's some great pictures like some of those pictures that rob took of us like through the mud right there at the beginning it's like that that is a pretty good representation of what it felt like to to be out there yeah i agree because when i was like jumping from group to group to group I'd be in these groups and I look around and nobody else had a green number plate. And then they'd all look at your bike and go, where have you been? (laughs) Most of the questions they're like, they're like, what happened to you? Did you crash? And I go, no, (laughs) just like, because you would see, like you're saying the back of anybody doing the hundred, like all around their chainstay, their forks, their derailers, just everything was taupe or Brown. Uh, my my Garmin Vary on the back looks like a big turd, like a big, <laughs> big wet baby roof floating in Caddyshack or something. Um, yeah, so it, I definitely agree because when you saw somebody in a group that was somebody who did the hundred, you knew it right away. You didn't have to look at their green plate. You were like, "You've been through some shit today. Congratulations, you're still rolling." <laughs> even even more than that, anyone that was riding with me at the end. Um, they didn't have to look at me. They could tell by the way my bike sounded. Because <laughs> like every time we hit a hill, I couldn't shift. Like I have, I have a two by, and I couldn't shift into the lower, into the small ring up top, because um, it was just covered in ice. And um, I had to stop a couple times to try to get my derailleur to even move, and it finally did. But then I realized that whole little ring was just ice there. There was no teeth that the, that the chain could get to. So 
I would I would accidentally hit it to the small ring a couple times and the chain would just fall right off. So, but so I was in extremes going up the wall. I was in my oh. big ring little or uh, big ring big ring and it was just like like crunch 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 and people would look around like what is what is wrong with your bike? <laughs> yeah, but, I had uh, a, a one by setup and I had three gears in the middle. So that's what I had. Like I didn't have like the bottom three or four and I didn't have the top three. So I didn't have any of what I would call, you know, the climbing gears, which you get so excited about this, this setup with like a 50 to 10 back, et cetera, whatever it is. And uh, you always wanted one more. And in your mind, you're like, I'm not at, I'm not at the, the climate, the easiest one yet. And then you hit it and it would literally go, because it would just skip and yep. jump and jump. Yep. And if you've ever had a driller not set right, and it goes into your wheel Ooh. and breaks all your spokes. Like, that's almost the sound right before it. So instantly right away, you're like, no, shift harder, shift harder. And then, like you said, it was literally, I've never raced single speed, but I feel like I know a little bit of it. And then I met up with a guy uh, on the race course for the last, maybe like we were together up until like five, six miles to go. And he was a single speeder. And I was like, I feel bad. But then I see you and you did this by choice. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, but there's no single speed category, so I don't know which one of us is dumber. <laughs> so yeah, it was the same way. It was like you hit these climbs and you just paper boy it left side of the road to the right side of the road, yeah. left side of the road. Oh man, it was yeah. brutal. I yeah, that so I lost my climbing gears, and then before that, before I realized I lost my climbing gears, um, I realized um, the hard way that I didn't have my eleven tooth. And whatever that other tooth in the back, like the two small rings in the back. Yep. Um, and that's how I lost the front group. It was, yep. I was spinning out and I'm like, I don't have any more gears. I don't have any more gears. And that was my point. And it was probably only 20 miles in or, or maybe a little up over that where I was like, okay, this is going to be a long day. If I'm already <laughs> losing the front group, but I heard, and I might be wrong, but so last year when we got to the first turn and and it was like mile 35 or 34 where we got to the first uh the the seasonal road section i mean how big was the group we were in at that point I mean, oh it, it was the first you know everybody was still there yeah like, like it had to be like, like 50 people or something or more than oh, that yeah. i don't know it was it was enormous and then that was the point where everyone separated i heard that this year the front group was six people at that point. <laughs> I mean, that just tells you how hard um, that first 34 miles, like what condition that was in, because on a normal day, it's those roads are fast and, and smooth. And, you know, like they're have a little bit of roll rolling Hills to them, but you know, you're not going to make a huge separation, but yeah, but this, uh, this year was totally different. <laughs> Yep, I agree. I think I think last year we had like some monster tailwind and stuff, even going into that first 35 miles. So it wasn't as much because um, I remember on the back half of the course, we had a lot more more headwinds. So I think this year with the head and cross going in, the people who had the strength and the ability to hammer, they just hammered. And then it was just like, like you said, just people shooting out the back door, whether it was fitness or mechanical issues, because I think with those temperatures dropping from the start until, you know, two, three hours in and all the stuff that we rode through the, the splash, the puddles, the snow coming sideways. And then that temp drops like four degrees from like 34 to 30. 
it's literally whatever gears you weren't in like now i'll be like man it feels like it's getting colder tom use every gear up down up, all the way up all the right, way out like right. whatever you would have to do but in the moment you're just like this is where i'm at this is where i feel comfortable yep. this is where i feel comfortable and then all of a sudden you're like i don't feel comfortable and you're like i don't have anything else that's it <laughs> like there's no other gears to go to um speaking of the cold uh did you run a hydration pack so i did and one of the one of the mistakes that i didn't make i guess is when i was at the start the cat one of the guys in front of me like he took off his like windbreaker and handed it to his you know friend or father or whatever it was to start off the race and i had like a gore shake dry jacket on i just had it unzipped and i'm like uh maybe i'll just leave it open and leave it on and i think that was probably the difference because i have the tube i'd take a drink and then just kind of put it back underneath Definitely. that layer yeah because i heard a lot of people said that their hoses froze up their bottles froze up yeah i had i, I ran two like small bottles um with gofar and a lot of gofar like th th that's my nutrition i had some other other nutrition too but um so i had maybe like three scoops of gofar in each bottle but my main water was my hydration pack and i remember when i filled it up the night before because i was like i don't need i don't need uh two liters in it because uh, I, I have bottles this can be cold and i was like i think i'll put like 1400 milliliters like just you know just a little over half but you know and um definitely froze i mean it froze so early i couldn't i couldn't get anything and and whatever and so when i I actually, I left it in the car and it, 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 the bladder was like a rock, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but I took it out to, to, to thaw out and, and I looked at it later and I was like, huh, 1400 milliliters. Like, I, I guess I, I drank nothing. <laughs> like, oh, I'm glad I carried an extra pound and a half yeah. with me for 103 miles. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So stupid. But, uh, but yeah, that, I think that's what I needed to do. It was just the, the hose was was freezing and or frozen completely frozen um so uh before before we get to your thing because i mean it's it's probably the best story i've heard or the worst story i've heard um there well, was a there was a lot of uh lead up you know like i i can't say we weren't warned or we didn't know what we were getting into because there where everyone was, if, if you followed like the Barry Roubaix course conditions on, on Facebook, it was right. like that thing blew up the last few days before, <laughs> before the race and, uh, people were freaking out and, you know, probably rightly so because it turned out to be a real shit show. But like one of the big things was the water sp spot, you know? Mm -hmm. So like there is, um, for those that don't know, there's there's a spot that's underwater quite a bit. And, you know, last year in October when it's been dry, there was still water that we had to ride through. Um, and so of course there's still going to be water. And I don't know how many yards it was of, of, of a, a like knee deep water. I don't know, maybe 20 yards. I don't know. What do you think? 10 yards, whatever. Well, that one video that Matt teased us with where he walked it, um, yeah. it seemed like it was, quite long like because it was like one section then there was a little bit of uh sand beach yep. to it and then there was another section and he teased us by going oh i'm just walking along the left here it's not too bad but i mean you could tell he was up to his knees yep. and you know still at the best like what was it maybe 
34 degrees or so the start like i don't know what the high that day during the race was but it definitely didn't feel like it got you know warmer until the last hour or two of it to me i don't honestly i think if we go back and look i think the temperature dropped all day i don't i think the warmest part of the day was like the start yeah the start <laughs> but okay here's here's my stubborn story and i i just thought you know what this is so stupid like we're, I was already through puddles and my feet were wet and frozen and whatever. I'm like, screw it. I'm I'm walking through this stupid thing. <laughs> it's, oh, it's you so, went through it? Yeah, I went through it. And um, it was funny because I was riding through a lot of those seasonal, seasonal roads with uh, this one other guy, Alex. And and I'm like, screw it. I'm doing it. He's like, okay, you're crazy. And he, and he takes the, the long way around. Yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> he like I was probably halfway through the water and he was all the way on the other side of it already. <laughs> there were no there was nothing that there was no reason that you should go through that water. Like nothing good came out of it whatsoever. <laughs> it was slow, it was cold. Um luckily like I don't know. I mean your your body's just like working up so much at that moment that uh that I didn't really, I, I didn't get too cold from it, but I can see like if you had a rough spot, like halfway through and you were slowing down or like you needed to stop for something and your feet were sopping wet, then that could have, that could be, you could be in big trouble, but <laughs> I just kept moving and it was fine. But <laughs> did you it, carry your bike oh, like above you? Or was that, did you have your bike above you? And you no, I, it? no, I just put it on my shoulder. Um, but it was like, it was the slowest thing. I was like, this is so stupid. What do I do? <laughs> I'm wondering, I, I do wonder, um, how many other, if, if anyone else did it, like <laughs> it wasn't faster and it was cold, but anyways, I, that's, I think that's what you got to ask the listeners who else did the hundred who actually went through the water. <laughs> let Trevor know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll send them something like a free something if you went through the water <laughs> a pair of socks no <laughs> lies we need real proof we need real description of what what was the water like don't be lying <laughs> um yeah so man what a day i mean i know that i think if i'm not mistaken you, you've done some big like long races and experienced some some weather in the past like didn't you do gravel worlds the the really long one and and it had to, mm. to bail out of that because of the weather. Uh, more what experienced through the weather, but yeah, I uh, I had like the perfect storm of a shit show, and uh, like triple flatted, uh, had tubes in my in like a little keg under the bike somewhere during the night when we had fourteen miles of these unrideable uh, mud B roads lost the keg off the bike so my deep dish wheels guess how many other people have uh 80 millimeter stems at the gravel worlds race i can tell you right now it's nobody in the top 30 because they all <laughs> rode by me <laughs> it's like you know trying to get a you know 60 millimeter or whatever else stem to pop through a deep dish racing wheel to put air on it was brutal and then uh went through tubes tried sealant tried tubes again like it was just a mess of people i was in third uh like 180 miles into it so 
um and the guy that i was with or i was battling for third and fourth he literally he sat there with me for like a couple of minutes because he didn't want to go on by himself either because it's like he still had 120 miles left to go sure. and the sun was just coming up and he's like here do you want a tube and he gives me a tube and like you know on the stems like you know, i'm like thanks man and he's like all right well i gotta go <laughs> so it's just like people running by hey do you need anything yeah do you have any eight millimeter stems <laughs> and they just kept riding so but but yeah that was uh literally um i crashed into like cow fences uh ravines creeks because you couldn't even ride on, or walk on the road because each time your bike would lock up so um I've, I've been through some stuff and uh i did a fat bike race earlier this year where definitely my hose froze on my camelback so that was a lesson i learned at that one um but i think this one snuck up on us i think that you know the temps didn't sound horrible but i think it was the temps dropping with the wind which made everything come at uh our bikes from the side mm -hmm. and then that combined with the the road splash sections i think um i think I heard a lot of people having the same exact issues that we're talking about. I don't think you could go through a pack of people and not hear somebody's bike going ka -ka 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 -ka, like they're trying to shift to a gear or something like that. So um, I know that that made it hard to go from group to group. And then every time you hit an incline, you were literally just embarrassingly slow. I felt is what I felt I looked like. So man snuck up on us, I think is a great way because to, to explain it, um, and again, you know, coming right off of last year in October, it was, it's fresh, you know, same course, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. Part of me was like, it's hard. It's a hundred miles. It's a tough race, but I know the course it's, I I've, I've ridden it several times now. I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not like, I, I know I can. And then you get there and it's like, this is totally different than what I expected. Like this is kicking my ass, like terrible. Like it was, yep. it, it, it goes to show like gravel racing or any racing or anytime you do any sort of event, um, you, it, it can be different from one day to the next. And oh yeah, I and, think that you think, Oh, this is the third time or fourth time I've written this. Uh, I know what to expect. It's going to be so much easier. And then there's Acker on the side stroking his beard and he shakes up the snow globe and he goes, <laughs> sit back guys, you're in for a day. <laughs> so how did you specifically, um, you know, so when I'm going down the road, I, I think the first time I stopped was maybe mile 20 something. And I had already lost the front group and I realized that it was an ice issue. And I, there was, I was by no one. And I thought, you know what, it's I'm going to spend more time in the wrong gear than if I stop and try to chip some ice off and try to get into the right gear. So I stopped, messed around a bit. And I think I did that. It looked like my Strava said I may have stopped for six or seven minutes. I was surprised at the at the end. Like, I think once I even dipped it in like a puddle. My, my try to get my rear derailleur in a puddle to get some water on there. I was spraying it with, you know, the only water I had, my two bottles, like just trying to like, just trying to get the, the ice off of there. So how, um, I know that you had a creative way of dealing with this. So, so please let us know, um, what you did, your, your creative trailside maintenance. <laughs> so I was, you know, just chasing all day, trying to go from one group to the next. So I was, you know, sitting in trying to recover as much as i could because like you were saying it was like awkward spinning 
to try to get your top end and it was brutally slow climbing in the wrong gears um but basically i was rolling with the group till that first sag stop that's right at that intersection of that light that you don't want to get dq'd on if yep. you roll yep, yep. so and uh, i think mid- that's where middleville middleville is the yeah yep. so i was with a group of probably about six or seven at that point and literally the light was red and we come rolling up and some guy the light goes green one guy comes out of the pit rolls across the street and i see all seven turn right into the pit and i'm like <laughs> and i knew that the wind like that was the end of the worst part of the wind like yep. we yep. all you had yep. to do was get one more while one more mile you take the left turn and then you have a majority of tail or tail cross tail the rest of the day tom and I don't that mean light to, i don't mean to interrupt you but like knowing this light man i had the exact same thing because <laughs> i came through it with maybe one or two other guys and uh the guy behind me oh i was like i was like we're gonna hit this light because it was it was red we're coming up on it red and i was like yes we're coming up on it red we're gonna hit this light and uh he's like well maybe we should just maybe we should just dump into there and uh and chip the ice off our derailleur and i didn't say anything and we got up to it and it was green and i just flew right by because i'm like i'm not stopping (laughs) it's i don't know if it's that natural fight or flight thing or whatever but you're like that light i've been stuck there before (laughs) it seems like forever and that you don't want to get disqualified over it so when we roll up and all seven guys turn right and then one of them had like support so it's like a parent's like what do you need what do you need and he's like i need to clean my drivetrain off and i'm like that would be nice but i don't have anybody to wait on me (laughs) at that point i had two bottles of scratch super fuel so i have 400 calories in each bottle and super sticky stuff. Yeah. So that wasn't going to be any good. And then what was I going to do? Drink out of my hydration pack and try to spit it like it would took forever. And I knew at that point that I had at least six or seven of my gears were were no good. So I was like, once I saw that green light and there's one guy up the road, I was like, I got to try and drop these seven guys. This is my, my one chance. If I can tuck <laughs> in between that guy, at least then we have a good long stretch. So, but then that just stayed in my mind was like, man, I wish I had somebody to help me clean off some gears. I wish, I wish, I wish. So we wound up, I caught that one guy and then two guys from behind caught us. So we had a group of four or five and we're going down that whole long stretch. And what's that nasty gravel climb then once you cross that road? When you're heading out of uh middleville you know what i'm talking about i i do know what you're talking about yeah. um so that's a, a nasty one yeah yeah, yeah i forget and, what it is but it's like that long straight stretch of nice tailwind and then the road starts to go up and you can literally see the cops and the volunteers yep. there and you can see the crap trail across it, and you're like oh man so got good running start got through there but then we ran into a section that was literally all super soft wind so i don't know we're like mile 40 plus something like that range in and uh i one of the benefits of having the tires which i thought were too wide was they were great on almost every sand section Uh, it wasn't the perfect gear but i had good traction so i would just grind it grind it grind and then finally i got to a spot where i couldn't anymore and it was just like you had to dismount and at that point i thought to myself tom you're going to probably need to pee right now. And Tom, pee's are pretty warm. You right away go to the dumb and dumber, right? You're like, hey, just let it go. And then I looked down at my cassette 
and I had a conversation with my, my mechanic when I got back <laughs> and he said the thought process that you had was actually impressive because I originally wanted my climbing gears right back, but there's a bigger ring. It's more spread out. <laughs> you know, you're on the side of the trail, half leaning against your bike. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm peeing on my cassette and I'm peeing on the, the bottom granny gears. So at least once I get out of this deep woods or whatever that road, deep lake area, I'm like, it's going to be a lot of road. I'll be ready to hammer. So I let it go. <laughs> and people walk by me and just, you know, they're walking by me, looking at me. And I'm like, yep, peeing on my bike, man. So <laughs> Wait. I already knew the story, but I didn't realize that uh, you, <laughs> that people were around you while you were doing it. Yeah, it was like it was one of those moments where I was riding with the group that I was with, and I was able to ride further into the mess until we hit like a stretch that was just unrideable sand, I think. And I, you know, had a gap on them, and I'm like, "Well, now's the time because then they'll come back. I'll be with the group." But you're sitting there. <laughs> you're 40 some miles into the race you're not dehydrated but you're not super hydrated and you don't really really got to go pee but you can go pee so it was either you know pee off the trail and waste it or try to turn it into a macgyver moment moment and, uh, <laughs> and bring back some gears so i stood there and leaned into my bike the bike was leaning into me and i'm peeing on the smallest rings that i got of the cassette and I'm telling you what, Trevor, the ice is just melting away. <laughs> but then you got to hold it so you can rotate the cassette a little bit. And that stings a little bit. But in the moment, it's all for the greater good, which is more gears. So I did that. Hop back on the bike. It wasn't a spot where you could use those gears. You're still in the, whatever the easiest one you had was. We pop out and, you know, I had been bunny hopping, trying all kinds of things today when you're changing the, the gears and, uh, it started it, it was working and i'm like oh i think i think i got like one or two more or whatever and then once we got to the water like you said it was <laughs> go down into the water or go right and i went right and i looked back and i had another gap again and i was like we're gonna get all these gears back <laughs> we're gonna get them all back <laughs> so um there was two stops <laughs> And then uh, plenty of Garmin auto pauses, I think, when you're climbing in the wrong gear on that course. So I think I think I looked, I was somewhere in like the five and a half minute range of uh, a stop time. But the great uh, thought process was don't pee and waste it. Pee on your cassette and get the gears back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is a, a two bird, one stone kind of situation for sure. Hey, I do have a question. Are you running uh, SRAM or Shimano? So I tram uh, ETAP one by. So. Okay, because I've heard Shimano, you know, you void your warranty if you pee on it. So <laughs> so it's a good thing you're running, running SRAM. <laughs> my, my mechanic at uh, Scott at Bloomington Cycle Fitness, I think he, I pretty much voided the, uh, the, the warranty of any maintenance on that bike for a long <laughs> <Gross>. time. <laughs> I think I posted some pictures on Instagram of me washing it. And people were like, you're still two or three washes for being able to bring that into the shop, I bet. <laughs> I mean, it can't be any worse than like, you know, those farm roads we were riding through. That was like, you know, it's oh, all like, you know, you could smell the manure. Oh, man. oh gosh, it's all like, it. like washed onto the road. You know, oh man, it was awful. But God, I can't believe that. I mean, honestly, like it's a funny story, but God, that's smart, man. I wish I would have thought of it. 
I mean, <laughs> well, I think whoever's dad or support was who yelled out, do you need me to drive clean your drivetrain? <laughs> I'm like, I do. And then later on, I didn't clean it, but <laughs> I peed out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So did did you uh, did it last like because honestly, like probably that last time we only had, I don't know, another few miles of of the real bad stuff. And then we were basically um, we came together with the 62 riders or the 62 course. Yep. So, I mean, was your drivetrain pretty much good condition for the well as good as it can be like could be <laughs> I, I had the middle down to the 10 i never got the climbing gears back um but at that point you know there was a lot of road and a lot of jumping and hammering from one group to the other and yeah i'll tell you what i was never so grateful to to merge back with the other racers though because you'd see these groups and Holy i'm like how just let me get to this group and you know they were a lot fresher cleaner and they were all i thought the writers were all pretty funny because they would just look at us and just be like bro you doing the hundred yeah well <laughs> I, I was like yep that was i mean what a difference so last year again i mean keep comparing it to last year but only two riders from the 62 caught us last year and that was yep. alexi and um and uh Hugo. Oh yeah, yeah. Um and uh and this year um I felt like all of the 62 riders caught me. <laughs> like <laughs> it was like one group went by and I would jump on this like huge group and then I'm like what am I doing? I can't. They're they're all, you know, they're 19 miles into their 60 yeah. mile ride and they're like they're all like attacking every single hill i'm like i can't stay with these guys this is the dumbest dumbest thing so finally i mean i'm sure I, i'm guessing you did too but i i fell into a group of of some riders that i was like this is perfect they're they're pushing me but they're not destroying me and this is what i need to to get me through the rest of this day yeah they they had all their gears and they were running 32 gravel slicks yeah you know, we got a, a bike with like six pounds of shit on it. You got a frozen camelback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got pee and ice on our cassettes. Like we're just not in a good place. And we're just rolling with these people who are like, oh, man, I, I feel like I got a little splash on my back. <laughs> like, let me get that off of you. You're good. Let's pull. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> man. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, I guess like to go back to your like it's it snuck up on us that's how i felt the whole time i was it's like this is a totally different experience but you know we had no control over the weather and um i think for those who who actually like their bikes didn't completely fall apart i know probably a lot of people had to quit just because their bikes would not operate but yeah. um man for anyone that attempted to to ride it uh, hats off cuz it was it was a day and it was definitely it had to be one of the hardest races I think I've ever done. <laughs> I think, I think this was my either. I think it was my seventh Barry. I did when I first started, I did several years of the 36. So I did the 19 degree year. Okay. And that one was cold, but it was dry and cold and it just stayed the same. But the worst year I've ever done was the 38 degrees and rain sideways year. Yeah. 17, uh, I think. Yeah. Where like, no disc brakes. You you couldn't see from your glasses, but if you took it off your glasses, you'd be blind, Ugh. and the rain was coming in sideways. 
uh, I sprinted in with a, a teammate of mine just for fun because we're idiots. And literally, we're like Fred Flintstone trying to stop all the way down that street towards the uh, the road closure signs. And it was crazy. And I, I'm pretty sure we sat in the car for at least an hour shivering uh, afterwards that year. Yeah, so I would say this one's pretty close to 17. We'd have to see if there's an all-time worst ranking. But I, I think it's a pretty close one. Well, I guess the difference, I mean, the, I think like adding that, it being 100 miles is... I I would I I didn't ride in in 17 but like just the fact that it was we were out there for 6 plus hours um oh yeah like that that to me takes it oh, I I wanted to say this and and you mentioned the six and a half hour mark for the mug but I did the I I looked back last year to see how many people got within the time limit of the mug mm-hmm. versus this yeah. year and um 95 people got underneath six and a half hours last year. Um, guess how many people got under six and a half hours this year? I'm guessing it's got to be like 19 or 20. 19, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, because the worst is I got a text from a teammate. Congrats on getting the mug in a brutal day. And then I get back and I load my phone and I'm like, that was false hope, jerk. Thanks for that message. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you better believe that as I was riding, I'm like looking down like, man, I sure hope nothing goes wrong because I'm like right on the cusp here. Um, but I, when I when I went to pick up the mug, I was like, this is the hardest I've had to work. Like this is my third mug and the definitely the hardest I've worked for this mug. Um, the pictures I saw of you, you looked a lot more prouder of your mug this year. You were, <laughs> you know, Oh, man, I was like. I was carrying that thing around, you know, I was milking it for all it's worth. <laughs> if you put those two mugs together, I'll tell you one, this one is going to rank higher. The other one's going to get pushed back a little further in the cupboard for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one, one, when, when I finished and I was like kind of that moment of, I need to change and I need to get warmer and my, I, I just, my brain wasn't working and, and I'm, I'm kind of, kind of like riding to the car, limping to the car, whatever. And I see Stanko, Nick Stanko. And he's like in the car, like it, he, looking in the same like ragged state. <laughs> and and I'm like, Nick, man, that was, that was a ridiculous. And he's like, oh, thank God. Like, thank God you thought it was hard too. I, it was so hard and the conditions were awful. I was like, yeah, man. Like, yeah, we all did the same thing. It was ridiculous. And he's like, okay. And then we, we have a little talk about how hard it was. Then I walk a little bit further to my car. And, uh, you know, like trying to get rid of all my, my gear and everything. And then I hear, uh, from across the road, Hey, Trevor. And, and I look at it's, it's Jason Lowitz and he's, he has his window down. He's like, that was really hard. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I think the consensus is yes, it was a very difficult day. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like anybody who didn't finish or had bad stuff or pulled, I mean, there's no shame in that game. I mean, that was, you know, respect to everybody who went through that. Cause like you said, I think that when you know, it's going to be bad conditions, you have a little more preparation, but the whole sneaking up on you thing of this year, just with the, like you said, the temps just kept dropping. Yep. So it was like, you know, if you had a bad situation with gears, it, unless you peed on it, it wasn't getting better. <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot of shining light of, uh, of, of things improving until you were done. So, yeah. um, 
I agree. That's it's yeah, and I think that's that's what makes um races like this, like Barry, um so so special. You just don't know what you're gonna get, and uh, it's gonna be a new experience every year. Um, I'll, I'll keep be coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you've 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 done so many. So I guess see you next year. <laughs> You bet, man. I can't wait. Who knows what's gonna happen next? <laughs> at, least, at least next year we get April, so it's right. It rotates. So yeah, yeah. I think we'll be a couple weeks, couple weeks later in the year. So I mean, that could mean nothing. I mean, it could mean. Yeah. 90, we probably 90. just jinxed ourselves and everybody else who signs up for the hundred. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> hey, uh, what you got next? Are you doing the rough road? This weekend? Yep. So uh, we're just going to keep the shit show rolling. And uh, there's a, right now like a 45% chance of either snow or rain oh, God. for, for uh, Rough Road 100 in Morris, Illinois. But that's a very different, it's a road race with nine sectors of gravel. Oh, cool. So it's a super crazy fast and like Project Echelon's sending a team. It's going to be pretty, pretty oh, nice. bananas for sure. But if the weather goes bad, it'll be um it'll be crazy again you're gonna um run your bo jackson with 50s this time but my bo jackson has been washed once the cassette multiple times it's (laughs) nice clean on the wall we're gonna go back to uh 30 30 32 slicks uh on the uh, deep dish race wheels i will have tubes with 80 millimeter stems just in case smart (laughs) now the uh the the racier diverge it's uh it's a little more um, but there'll be there'll be road bikes at this event. Like there'll be people who are risking it for the biscuit, running twenty eights, and just seeing if they can uh, they can make it make it make a stick make a break that sticks. That's awesome. Well, good luck. Stay upright. Thanks, man. What do you got next? Um, there's a there's a gravel race this weekend um, around here. It's the uh, Dirty Thirty, which has like a bunch of different distances, and there's a hundred thirty mile distance so i i think i might i have to decide tomorrow is when registration closes i haven't registered yet so um it depends like man my body like i i'm I'm a little rough after after last weekend so i was hoping i'm not gonna lie i got a massage yesterday and the the masseuse is like there's some weird things going on in your glutes and your it bands from your right leg to your left leg and i said well Make, <laughs> I'm right sense. leg dominant <laughs> and I rode hundred miles in the wrong gear. So <laughs> I would think that my body would be a little cranky. <laughs> hey, rough road still registration's open, man. Get on it, man. It's only four and a half hour drive or no, it's an hour less. Three and a half, four hours for me in the time change. Well, there you go. No, I'm not I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> especially with the, especially with that uh the, that the, forecast. the weather forecast. <laughs> Cool, Tom. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks for sharing your disgusting story with us. I'm here to entertain. If the race doesn't go well, it's always good to have a couple couple fun stories to share afterwards. Yeah, definitely. Hey, um, congrats on finishing. Thanks, buddy. Congrats on your finish, man. We'll see hey. you at the next one. Appreciate it. The Dirty Chain Podcast is a Michigan Midpack Media production in partnership with KOM Cycling. The source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast. Email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen or share the episodes with your friends. Audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. 
Thank you to Tom for joining me on the podcast and sharing his disgusting story. And thank you to the whole Barry Roubaix crew for everything they put into making this year successful. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack. <laughs>